This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of the sequel to the 2018 smash hit Venom with Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, uh, a film that I was interested in, I guess, just because of the casting of Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. It's a really good cast uh, in the film in general. We have Tom Hardy as Venom, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris is playing Shriek, um, just an interesting cast and Cletus Cassidy is such an iconic villain and someone who I was really keen to see on screen. Um, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't a fan of Carnage. He's such an interesting villain, I guess. We have the Venom symbiote and what that does to Eddie Brock. We see that puts him a little over the edge uh, in the comics i guess he's more of a villain than what he is in this cinematic um equivalent with tom hardy but it's a very interesting concept of having the like symbiote attach itself to a serial killer and it was something that i was interested in just because i really like woody harrelson i've actually just re-watched true detective season one and his performances marty hart in that is just fantastic he's such a good actor and he's been very consistent over the last few years. So I was very keen to see him in this film. And one of the best parts of the 2018 film was actually the sequel lead-in uh, with him appearing as Cletus Cassidy at the end of that film. Now, they did retcon one thing, and that was his terrible um, afro that he had going on in that film. Instead, it's just a more of a sleek haircut. Um, but one thing that shocked me mostly was how much money that first Venom film made. It made over $900 million worldwide, which is just a ridiculous amount of money for something that doesn't have any notable tie-ins at all to Spider-Man, whilst it is one of Spider-Man's most iconic villains in his rogues gallery with Venom himself. They took a very different approach, and that was making him an anti-hero, in this sequel, he is completely a hero. There's no inkling at all of him being a villain. He only wants to hurt people who are bad, doesn't have any, you know, desire to actually hurt uh, any any civilians or anything. Like, Venom is a hero. So I guess they've gone in a complete different direction, which I'm completely fine with because, I mean, it's very complicated over at Sony as to what the rights issues currently are. There's an after-credits scene here, which I will be discussing, that has implications to potentially bringing this whole thing over to the MCU. But I don't really know really what was going on when they when they wrote this film. This film is incredibly messy. I, I don't know if it's as bad as the 2018 film because I didn't really like it as such. It had some moments that I enjoyed. I like Tom Hardy as this character, but... Man, oh man, this film is just incredibly weird. It, it, it goes for under 90 minutes, and that's, I think it's like 97 minutes with credits. It's just very quick. It, it It's at a breakneck pace, the whole film. 
but we don't have any moments to really develop any relationships or characters. It just feels very surface level. And I don't know whose decision that was for that to happen. I mean, look at comic book movies that we see in cinemas these days. Um, I'll run through a few run times of recent ones. So we had Wonder Woman 1984, not the best example, but that film went over two and a half hours. Um, more recently, we had The Eternals, which was over two and a half hours. Shang-Chi clocks in at just under two and a half hours. But each one of these films is over two hours in length. So I don't really know why this film needed to be so short. I mean, there's enough story here for it to be developed and... The way they treat Cletus Cassidy is just incredibly disappointing and just baffling to me. I, uh, Whilst watching this film, I was just looking at it thinking, what is going on? Why is this moving so quickly? Like, why have we got no moments here at all to just sit here and breathe? They took on criticisms from the first film, obviously. They've amped up the comedic tone because that's the thing that people really enjoyed was the back and forth between Eddie Brock and Venom. So that's amped up and that's the best stuff in this film and it was in the last film. So that remains. The action here is a lot more focused and a lot better handled. And I don't know if that comes because Andy Serkis directed this film and he's, of course, notoriously involved with the behind the scenes of many of his projects that he's worked on, doing an impressive motion capture. But he's also an incredibly talented actor as well. So... I think he has a bit of an understanding of, you know, what is expected in these types of action films. But I was just really shocked at the way that, yeah, the film plays out. It's very interesting. So without getting into too much now, I will just toss it away to the trailer for the trailer to give you a bit of an inkling of the film. Um, I will give you this warning, though, that this review is going to contain spoilers because I can't really talk about it without going into depth uh, this film needs to be talked about. I wasn't actually going to do a review of it. If you remember me talking in my review of Last Night in Soho, I said I don't know if I'm going to talk about Venom Let There Be Carnage because there's not a great deal to really say. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, okay, this actually does need to be talked about because there's so much going on here, but in such a short time frame that it's baffling. So Let's just get stuck into this one. Like I said, it's going to contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, you've been warned. But let's just get stuck into this one. So take it away, trailer. All I ever wanted in this world is carnage. Lady, we should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what came over me. Please let me fix it so I can fix it again. You are a loser. Eddie Brock. I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Cletus, why me? What's mine It's yours. And what's yours is mine. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it.
I ever wanted in this world is carnage. Crazy man. Why are you vengeful? Oh shit! Whoa, where you going? That is a red one! You need to come out right now. I will let you eat everybody! Promise! I promise! Oh yeah! Eddie, you feel like home to me. like family. Oh, wow. You could just say, I'm happy for you. That was going to be us. I am happy for you. No! God, I'm so sorry. Not sorry! This dude needs some serious couples counseling. So Venom Let There Be Carnage was directed by Andy Serkis and has writing credits for Kelly Marcel and Tom Hardy and stars Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, Naomi Harris, Stephen Graham and Reed Scott and follows Eddie Brock who attempts to reignite his career by interviewing serial killer Cletus Cassidy who becomes the host of a symbiote carnage and escapes prison after a failed execution uh, so, like I said, this movie is incredibly messy. Now, the first film was not a critical darling. I think it sits at like 36 on Metacritic and 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so, it was a film that definitely did not appeal to critics. And, like I said, I was more of a fence-sitter for that film. I didn't hate it, didn't love it. I thought it was completely fine, and I've watched it once uh, since I saw it in the cinemas and that was sort of like having it on in the background while I was studying. So it wasn't even like full attention to the screen kind of thing. But the movie itself, um, it had great elements. Like I mentioned, I really liked um, Tom Hardy as Venom slash Eddie Brock. He brought a lot to the role. Um, and some of the action stuff was cool, but it was really poorly handled in the first film. Like Ruben Fleischer... The director, who's a talented filmmaker, he helmed both Zombieland films. Um, he's directing the upcoming Uncharted film, which will be incredibly interesting. But he filmed all the Venom stuff at nighttime. So the main villain in that film was Riot, played by Riz Ahmed. And both colors of like Venom, who's black, and Riot, who was like this dark gray, were fighting at nighttime. So you couldn't see a thing at all. It looked terrible. Uh, so one thing that I noticed, they've obviously taken that criticism aboard because all of the action set pieces in this film are all shot either on, like with lighting, not necessarily during the daytime, but with lighting in the background or against like clearly visible backdrops. So like in the prison breakout sequence, all the walls are like a light gray. So you can see carnage against that light gray. Um which is interesting. Obviously, they took aboard that criticism, but the rest of the film just feels like a complete misguided attempt to bring this storyline to the big screen. 
I appreciate that they kept to their guns with Woody Harrelson as the villain. Perfect casting. My issues come when it it goes to explore the backstory. So Cletus Cassidy in this universe is a, a serial killer, an awful person. We don't get any gauge into that at all. We get a brief backstory done through a letter that he writes to Eddie Brock explaining that he killed his mum and his grandma. Um, he gave a hint to Eddie in regards to where the bodies of his victims were buried, but it doesn't really lend itself to any type of tension between the characters because he's poorly developed. So I have no connection at all with Cletus Cassidy. Not that we're meant to connect with him as such, but the film doesn't really give us any kind of backstory with that character outside of like a little, little sequence explained to the audience, you know, who he was. But that feels like a studio directive because the studio are looking at it thinking, okay, we the fans of the comic books know who this guy is and we know we're meant to be threatened by him, but why? And at the end of the film, I was looking at it thinking, who was he? We, we don't know. And it's just due to poor writing. I feel like if you develop the relationship between that character at the start of the film, maybe even show him initially being arrested instead of showing the sequence of him in this um, this facility that he was in as a kid, with his um, girlfriend, played by Nomi Harris, who's Shriek, who has the superpower of, like, she screams and it, it creates these sonic waves, um, which is interesting, and I like Nomi Harris, but I would have liked to have seen maybe even him taking the life of one of his victims or something. Like, make it dark and gritty. I mean, it's a dark and gritty storyline. It's not meant to be taken lightly, um, and that's what fans of this story were looking for. Like, I'm not, I guess, the target audience for this because I didn't particularly like the first film and this film is very much in tone with that first film. Um, but I am a fan of that storyline and most of Spider-Man's rogues gallery. So I was keen to see what they could do with this character, but... They don't do anything with him. And then at the end of the film, he dies. So there's no potential to bring this character back. And I don't know how many versions of the symbiote that Venom's going to encounter, but I can't imagine any sequels being any entertaining from here because, you know, like, where are we going? We, there's no direction here as to, like, a, a, a entertaining storyline or plot thread. It's very, very surface level and everything is incredibly rushed. Now, I saw that the praises for this film were about the action. Now, the action's fine, but it's very far and few between. I mean, we have a prison break sequence. After the prison break sequence, we have a confrontation with Cletus and a bunch of coppers, um, which was entertaining. That was probably my favorite action set piece of the film. Then we have the showdown between Venom and Carnage, and that's it. There's three distinct action set pieces, and... Like I said, they're competently handled, but it's in service of nothing. Like the the idea is that um, Cletus bites Eddie, so the symbiote then infects Eddie, uh, infects Cletus. Sorry, um, and it's like a a different version of it. Uh, and the symbiote talks to Venom and says that he is Venom's son, um, and for him to be completely powerful, he needs to kill Venom. 
And Venom's completely overpowered by this symbiote, and he has like this throwaway line about, "Oh, he's he's a red something." Um, like that means anything to the audience? Like, uh, okay, so you have comic book fans who enjoy this type of stuff. They understand the law. They understand what's going on. That accounts probably for twenty percent of the audience, maybe even less of the people who are actually watching this film. So you're gonna explain that away with one throwaway line doesn't work you need to actually explain things you can't just give surface level dialogue in hope that the audience is going to be able to follow because like for someone like me who who knows enough about the comic book lore that i can enjoy when a certain character shows up on screen there's like nothing here for me even like i'm looking at this thinking okay these are characters i know i know this storyline what are we going to do with it um, we're not going to do anything with it. We're going to play it out for just a, a few fun action set pieces, some throwaway comedy. Like, there's nothing here. Um, I was hoping that they would even go into some of the darker and grittier aspects of this storyline too. Now, the film is rated PG-13 or M here in Australia. It means very little when it comes to other films. I don't normally complain about this because it doesn't matter um, if a competent director is behind the screen, then, you know, they can put something together. Now, like I said, Andy Serkis is a good director. His adaptation of Mowgli, the Jungle Book um, adaptation uh, that came to Netflix, fantastic. I had some issues with special effects, um, some performance issues, but overall I really liked that darker tone to that storyline. It was really good. Uh, I think Andy Serkis is a talented director because, like I said, he handles the action really well here. Nice wide shots for a lot of the action scenes so you can see what's going on. He knows what he's doing behind the camera. He's a very talented filmmaker. Keen to see him work with some good source material. Um, Not even good source material, just a good script. But the whole rating thing here definitely plays into it because my thing is... This storyline lends itself to some pretty dark and disturbing imagery. Dark and disturbing imagery that needs to be displayed on the screen. Now, we're told that Carnage is this awful character. And I've seen in video games, I've seen in comic book panels, this guy just like, he, he tears people apart. He's red for a reason because there's a lot of blood and a lot of gore in his, you know, stories and a lot of the comics. And... You know, you can't really display carnage without showing it. And they don't show it here. There's there is no carnage. There's a bit of destruction, but no no carnage. When I when I hear the word carnage, it's synonymous with this symbiote, this this evil, awful character who has this bloodlust and the whole idea of the symbiote merging with a serial killer, like it's meant to showcase some pretty dark and disturbing things, but we get nothing. Um, there's there's a few people being thrown against walls and, and stuff, and the prison break sequence, I was expecting it to be. That I was hoping for just a little bit, just a tiny bit, but nope. And what surprises me is that Venom opened the same weekend or either a weekend before or after A Star Is Born. That film was rated R in America, and it outgrossed Venom. So I was thinking that the studio would have looked at that rating and thinking, you know what? Like, we were outbeaten that that weekend 
to a film that was rated R. So maybe we should just, you know, change our rating here. Logan was incredibly successful as well as the two Deadpool films. So why are we here? Why aren't we showing an R-rated Venom film, Uh, especially dealing with Carnage, a a film that's called Let There Be Carnage with no carnage? There's two uses of the word fuck uh, in the film, and I thought that that the MPAA ruling there was that they could only say fuck once, but maybe it's been changed. I don't know. They definitely said it twice. And... That's the only angst or character that the film actually has. You know, it's so bland. Um, yeah, it's just a really bland-looking film uh, in, in in regards to a lot of those, you know, the, those set pieces. It's just so – it's so sterile. And it just comes down to the fact that you could see a good film in here. And I think – the dark and gritty tone, like I've complained about it in the past when it's inappropriately used. But for this particular storyline, I feel like it is appropriate. You know, you could have a sequence, the, the, like I'll give you an example. So uh, Eddie Brock goes and visits Cassidy in prison twice. Um, those sequences, like Eddie Brock has his real like laissez-faire, don't give a fuck attitude which is really frustrating because the whole idea of his character at this point is that he wants to amend his career and get back on top. Like the synopsis on IMDb read, he wants to reignite his career, wants to do something. He goes in there with like, what do you want, Cletus? Like, what do you want? Cletus Cassidy, who's like a notorious serial killer in this area, has offered a like an exclusive story and he's treating it like, oh, I don't really care. Why Cletus wants to speak to Eddie as well is not thoroughly explained. They don't have, like, this relationship. It's not like a Joker-Batman thing. Um, very frustrating. Doesn't really work for me either. But, yeah, his attitude towards that is just completely thrown away. But you could have some interesting dynamics in those sequences, have a bit of back and forth, maybe some thoughtful dialogue, um, change the lighting up a bit, maybe sit the camera down and have these long dialogue sequences explore the characters because there is no character here you can say there's you know witty banter between venom and eddie brock yeah there is and that that makes you care for eddie a little more than the other characters in the film but you're setting up one of the you know best villains in spider-man's rogues gallery with carnage and you're not doing anything and it's such a wasted opportunity because woody harrelson is not going to be playing carnage in a future MCU or or Spider-Man or whatever project, that's done. That's done with this film. And that is incredibly wasteful and very disappointing because, I mean, Woody Harrelson's 60 years old, which shocks me. He's a 60-year-old man. But he is so, so good in these types of roles. I look at True Detective and seeing his character in True Detective, who's a borderline sociopath. He's, he's a, a, a horrible fucking person a villain almost in that story. But he has a level of empathy that allows you to connect with the character. And that comes from very good writing from Nick Pazzoletto, but also Woody Harrelson's terrific performance. Now here, he could lend a bit of that to it. And Woody Harrelson's good in the film, don't get me wrong. He's really good in the film. But why can't we have a little more backstory and character to really flesh out this storyline? It's such an important storyline in this, this, the grand scheme of comic books in general, 
And that's why the film's probably made as much money as it has because even after or during COVID, this film has managed to make like $220 million in the US alone, which is just incredible. So we probably will see a Venom 3, I would say, uh, with numbers like that. But I just don't understand why it was so rushed. What, what was the rush? There was no rush. Take your time, you know, develop the characters out a little more. Give us an extra 30-odd minutes, I would say, probably... And shift the tone a little too, but 30 to 40 minutes of extra screen time. Um, develop out Carnage a little more. Give us a bit more Cletus Cassidy. Give us something. I, I still maintain the opening sequence should have been Cletus Cassidy probably killing someone. As awful as that sounds, it would help establish him as a character and, and just the threat associated with him. Because I don't feel threatened by him. He comes across as like a loony you know, just throw away Spider-Man villain. Like he's, he's got, he's wearing like a, a flame jacket. He's got like a, a spiked up haircut. He doesn't really come across as a notorious serial killer. He comes across as like a comic book villain. And I, I know it is a comic book villain, but not on the big screen. He's not, he's, he's meant to be a fleshed out character that's meant to feel threatening. And he just doesn't, he feels like literally a, a, a character from a comic book, just like a, and I know that's what he is. What I'm trying to say is it feels like I open up a comic book and I get one blurb saying, oh, Venom, I'm going to get you. That's what it feels like. There's no no like tension set up between their relationship. There's no relationship because they're just like two guys who are just going at it because they have to, because the plot says that they have to. And yeah, it just doesn't work for me. It's such a, such a bad... Uh, it's not a bad movie though. That's where I'm struggling at the moment because it's not a bad movie. It's just poorly executed. And it's just frustrating because I can see the workings there. Like I said, you've got a good filmmaker with Andy Circus. I think he's talented behind the camera, knows what he's doing with those action set pieces. But tonally, he seems to miss the point. And I don't know if that comes from the writing or where that comes from, but he's just missing that tonally. This film feels very much in line with the first film in regards to tone. It's a mixed match of, you know, uh, that comic book humor that the Marvel films are synonymous with mixed with, you know, the darker anti-hero themes. But like I said, that's sort of gone here in regards to the anti-hero stuff because Venom comes across as just a, a hero. He That's what he is. He's a hero, which isn't a problem, um, but it's just... You know, I don't know. It's a very messy film, incredibly disappointing. And, yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of done with this type of comic book movie. I mean, we've seen so many middling films now, like nearly the entirety of the DCEU. There's been a couple of Marvel films too that have sort of felt like this, very pedestrian, where a lot of the offshoots you know like any of the fox stuff like new mutants or any of the x-men films that weren't logan or days of future past have felt like this and it just seems to be a continuing trend especially with sony um i was kind of keen to see morbius just because of jared leto's involvement and daniel espinetta um espinita i think is how you say his name uh, is directing who's a talented filmmaker but after seeing this, I'm just like, I'm done. I don't want to see this crap anymore. Not not this stuff. Whatever Sony's doing can, yeah, just just leave my life. It's just not not entertaining. Um, 
it is on a surface level, but after the film, like I'm forgetting about this film as I talk about it and I saw it, you know, a couple of days ago. So it, it's just one of those things. I, I find that as far as progressing the Venom character, do what you want with it. I just don't care anymore. I'm kind of done. Um, there is an interesting prospect for the after credit sequence. Um, we see Eddie Brock lying on the bed and him and Venom are watching some um, soap opera. Uh, we see like this shift. Um, Venom's like, I'm going to show you, you know, the, the future and, and not the future, show you what I, what I know, like uh, all my knowledge and give you a glimpse of it. Um, and then we get this bit of a shake and then they end up in a different room. And they're both freaking out, saying what's happening. And then on the screen, they hear J. Jonah Jameson talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Um, so I assumed that's got something to do with um, the whole Spider-Man No Way Home um, thing going on with the multiverse. Um, it looks like it happened during like the multiverse shift that we see in the trailer. So I'm assuming that's what's happened. Um, and I guess... I'll know very shortly because uh, far from no no way home. I'm sick of these titles with the Spider-Man films. Call it the Spectacular Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3. There you go. Get rid of these far from home, no way home, home home. I, I'm done with that. But anyway, um, we have that glimpse of that trailer, um, well, not trailer, like the vision um, of what's to come. So maybe they're trying to shift Venom into that storyline and maybe this will shift Venom into the MCU. Maybe if that happens, then it can be better handled because Sony just have no fucking clue what they're doing with this character. And like I said, it could come down to poor writing from the two that pen the script. I have no idea, but they rush this. Like 90 minutes is just not acceptable for this type of film. And I am a big advocate on shortening runtimes. Sure thing, but... Shortening them by making it realistic in terms of plotting. If the plot it suffers because you've shortened the film that much, then that's an issue. And the fact that they've shortened this film down to a 97-minute runtime with credits is an issue because the story is not developed, the characters aren't developed, and the film itself just falls on its face so many fucking times. Uh, I really didn't like Venom Let There Be Carnage. On a surface level, it's good to look at because there's some fun action set pieces. And I like the relationship between Venom and um, and Eddie Brock, but that's it. The The film itself is an utter mess. Uh, I'm going to give Venom Let There Be Carnage a 4 out of 10. Never going to rewatch this film again. I'll watch the first film again because I enjoy it a little more than this one after talking about it. I think I know where I stand. People are on the fence saying, oh, no, Let There Be Carnage is better. No, it's not. Even Riz Ahmed's character has a bit more to do because you understand where he's coming from. I have no fucking clue what Cletus Cassidy wanted in this film. Nothing at all. He wanted his girlfriend, but like, what was his end goal? I mean, he was a, a convict that escaped death row. So what was his plan? Who knows? I, I don't even think Cletus Cassidy knew what his fucking plan was. So fuck this movie. I, I'm yeah, kind of done with this whole... Sony experiments, uh, these offshoots, that they're, they're not good. Uh, this is the second one, I guess, now, and Morbius is meant to be coming out in January. The January release date has me incredibly worried for that film. Uh, for those who are listening and those who don't know, I'm a huge Jared Leto fan. I'm a, I think he's incredibly talented as an actor 
and uh, a performer. Uh, I know that he is very divisive as his role as the Joker. I didn't like him as the Joker. thought he was quite bad, honestly. But other than that, he's been very, very good in everything that he's been in. Most recently, The Little Things, which I didn't cover on the podcast, but he was very, very good in that film. Actually, I did cover The Little Things. No, I did. Go and check that review out. I've talked about a lot of films this year. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm kind of... Don't even want to check that film out at this point. Sony is the most frustrating film studio in fucking history. They they suck. I hate them, and I, I really do hate them. Uh, they just don't know how to handle their properties. They have so many talented um, people. I mean, like, not even on an executive level, but just they've had talented filmmakers in their grasp before, and they just squander everything with... Ghostbusters 2016, um, uh, uh, Venom, like, there's so many. I, I, like, it, it baffles me that this is the direction that they want to take this property. I, I, I just can't get over it. It's honestly just mind-boggling to me. But, yeah, that brings this review to a close, guys. I apologize that it's so negative, but it just has me so jaded, this whole Sony experiment with these characters. It's like... Just give them back to Disney and Marvel. Like, even if Disney don't do an R-rated Venom film, that's completely fine. Just explore the characters in a better a better way. Like, the fact that they fucked Cletus Cassidy up this royally just makes me angry. So, yeah, anyway, this that it is what it is. Uh, watch it if you want to. I, I do not recommend it at all. Um yeah, that brings this review to a close, guys. So thank you all very much for listening. Make sure you check out my other reviews that I've got live at the moment. I'll have some more content coming at you very shortly. Uh, make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at OzMovieGeek. You can also email me, uh, OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. That's OzMovieGeek at gmail.com. Send through any film recommendations, any questions you want to ask me to. Always happy to reply to you guys. Thank you for the ongoing support. And until next time... Peace out.